Hello, lady leaders. I want to introduce my next guest, Kelly Forsberg. She spent nine years in the army before she was unexpectedly medboarded out. Her transition didn't go as smoothly as she had planned, so she's here to tell that story, as well as what she's doing today to help veterans trans transition to the next chapter of their lives. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, you are a life coach at Life Coaching for Veterans. Yep. Is that the whole title? Okay. Yep. Life All Coaching right. for Veterans. Nice and simple. All right. Okay. All right, Kelly. So you're a life coach at Life Coaching for Veterans. So I saw, I I think you posted in one of the group pages and I was like, whoo, something about transitioning, you know, from active duty to a civilian life and how you're a life coach. And I was like, ooh, that sounds very interesting. And I know some listeners who might be going through the same thing are planning to go through the same thing, but regardless if the transition is kind of unexpected, you know, due to a med board or, um, or something else or retiring after 20 years. So really, how did you start as a life coach? And just give me a back, a little bit of background, a lot of background about being a life coach and what brought you to that field. Okay. Well, a very long time ago, I went to an MRT training, a resilience training when I was PFC bridges, not married, not commissioned. And I fell in love with the work. And I was like that soldier that was overly excited for MRT. And everybody's like, you're not supposed to like training. And I'm like, but this is such good stuff. And so that kind of propelled me into like the service of others world in a different way than the military. And so I read like personal development and just kind of got more into it. And I was looking for just something. I had heard this buzzword life coach a few years ago and I looked up a podcast and I found the life coach school podcast and I totally fell in love with it after one episode Uh, Brooke Castillo runs the life coach school and I ended up going through her certification program while I was still on active duty. And, um, it, it was just so aligned to what I wanted to do. Like when I was a little girl, I was like, Oh, I want to be a teacher, but I didn't really want to teach. I just wanted to help people like, Oh, I want to be a physical therapist, but I don't really want to do physical therapy. I just want to help people get better. And, coaching is like that. Um, it's, it's just helping people get the results they want. And it it's the mindset, it's the emotional work, it's the mental health, and it's all my favorite aspects rolled into one. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I feel you. I, oh, I just a quick story. I still to relate to what you said, but as a nurse, you have so many options. But even I think I was like on my eighth year of active duty as a nurse, and I I started to backtrack. I was like, well, maybe I want to be a physical therapist, or maybe I want to go to dental school. I don't know. It, It was just like, like you, like, I love helping people. I do enjoy nursing. But yet it still feels like something you know, it, it, it's just not clicking for me. Um, so fast forward now, and basically this podcast to me is like doing life coaching because <laughs> I'm stuck as a nurse, which, you know, I do enjoy and I'm working on my mental health nurse practitioner. So, you know, life coaching is that you, 
you have that mental health aspect, really listening to people, right? I mean, that's basically what it's about. Listening to people, have them tell your story, their stories, and you're just helping them navigate through life. So yes, I, I feel you feel you on that one, girl. Yes, <laughs> Continue exactly. on. <laughs> yeah, I became a yoga instructor in college. Uh-huh. And Ooh. so I've been teaching about six years now. And that was like an extra piece too. And I would teach yoga on active duty and um, I'd go to a few units and I led um, like the P3T program, the um, all of the pregnant pregnancy. soldiers, which was super mm-hmm. fun because I got to do that postpartum. And so I knew most of them because I went through the program with them. Um, but just kind of like yoga and life coaching together, like this is how I can really help people. And it is, it is a lot of listening, but it's, it's listening to things that people don't realize that they're saying like their patterns or Mm -hmm. the way that they think about things. And that's a big thing with transitioning veterans is that we back ourselves into these little boxes because we think there are these rules that we have to live by. And we do in the military, but in the civilian world, there's so much more freedom and we don't really know what to do with that. So it's helpful to have a coach or to have somebody to listen to and be like, Hey, did you know that you don't have to get a job in the same MOS that you had in the military? I mean, even just asking something that simple, people are like, I never thought of that. And I'm like, Hey, did you know that these skills actually translate to be whatever you want to (laughs) be in the world? And sometimes it's, it's deeper than that. I mean, we're, we're trained. I mean, I joined the, I joined the Washington state national guard at 17 when I was still in high school, cause I wasn't ready for college. And then I had been in the army ever since eventually commissioned and transitioned to active duty, but I didn't know anything else. I knew my parents' house and I knew the army. So then when I was a civilian, I was like, Oh gosh, now what it, it just, it was total shock. And I, I mean, I, think of myself as a prepared person. Um, You know, military teaches you to create these contingencies and have plan A, plan B, et cetera. And none of my plans were working because they were kind of doomed to fail from the get-go because I was trying to live a military life in a civilian world. And basically all that did was create a lot of disappointment and just kept me where I was at. Wow. So can you uh, give a, give like a example of that, of trying to live a military life in the civilian world? Okay, let's see. So one thing that really stands out for me was my son was about 18 months old when I medically retired and left the army. Mm-hmm. And suddenly like I wasn't like I wasn't significant in my household. Now this comes with a disclaimer. I think stay at home moms are amazing, but as someone who was used to having a full-time career, it was very challenging to go home and be like, okay, be at home, stay with the kiddo and husband's going to work. And it was a really weird time. So my husband um, went and stayed with 
his family who lived three hours away from our house to get a job because we, he got a job right away. And so we were separated. And so I was just full-time stay at home mom after immediately after being, um, full-time active duty army. Now I love my baby and he is a great kid, but I was trying to manage him instead of mother him. And I like, I'm a logistics officer. I will iron out every logistics detail of, you know, my husband and my baby's lives. And let me tell you, husbands and babies don't like to get managed by army officers. <laughs> it did not work yes, out. Well. I know. <laughs> so um, had different plans. <laughs> yeah. So I, there was a lot of time that I felt like I wasted not enjoying mm-hmm. with my baby because mm-hmm. I was trying to turn the stay at home mom role into something that it wasn't while at the same time, like doing my best to get out of that as soon as possible, because I wanted like a, you know, a big girl career and I wanted to get back to making all the money and being important and all of that. So what I hear is your transition didn't go very smoothly at all. What's crazy is that I totally thought it would. Like I had some awesome mentors in SFL TAP and um, I met with them in the Schofield Barracks Library, which is fun. Um, And I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah. And I was like, this is going to be great. I've got this. We know where we're going to live. We have plans. I'm going to do this. Um. And it just didn't happen because I didn't Mm. account for the grief factor, which was huge. And what I mean by that is the army was the biggest part of me that I had ever lost is kind of what I told myself. Like, oh, the army version of me has to die. And that sounds really dark, but it felt so true at the time. It was like, okay, now I have to be this new person but that wasn't really the case. You know, the, the civilian version and the army version can find a way to live together. Um, Mm -hmm. it, you know, it doesn't just all have to get thrown out. So yeah, it was, it, it, it was a bumpier transition than planned, but I also just really didn't expect that. Right. So your transition out of the military, like, like you said, was unexpected due to a medical board. Yeah. Uh, and there's this new medical med board process, um, Mm -hmm. for anybody that doesn't know, it used to be a legacy system and it could take, you know, up to two years or whatever, but now it's the IDES integrated something, something. And I, from start to finish from P2 profile to last day in uniform, four months. So it was like, so crazy. I got my ratings back signed everything. I was, I moved off Island 11 days later. It was so fast. Wow. Yeah. So there wasn't really a lot of processing and, um, you know, they say that like breakups and grief, the body processes similarly as someone dying. And I think that is actually Mm kind of what it felt like is it felt like the army rug was like ripped out from under my feet. And, um, even though I was, you know, I like, I knew it was coming, but I loved the army. I didn't want to go. So it was a little extra. Right. No. And I I just, 
we have so many programs for, you know, for many of the of things. And especially, um, you know, for people retiring out or deciding to get out, you kind of have a year, you know, from the time that I put in paperwork to get out of the military about two years ago. And my end date was a year from the time that I was putting up my paperwork. So I had a whole year to technically, you know, transition from being full time to now what's next versus, you know, here's your rating and you have four Four months. I know people who were recently uh, passed over twice for promotion. Guess what? They're out the door in like four months. And that just seems like uh, it is very expedited. And uh, it is kind of a slap in the face for some people, you know, who aren't ready to let go just yet, who are dealing with, you know, this medical issue for one, or their ego pride of not getting promoted after, you know, so many years spent. And now they're like, thank you for your service. <laughs> you know, see you later. <laughs> you got four months to, to become, like you said, someone else. And I, I never thought of it as, well, both military and civilian person inside of you can be one. Um, you, you know, it is just like, well, you're military and then there's your civilian. That's kind of how our world is around us, right? We have our military, we have our civilians. And they mingle, but yet they're different. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? So, and then there, there is the struggle uh, sometimes depending on where you work between them. So I can only imagine now you're living that life, um, transitioning out of the military. So you've, you didn't have a s- smooth transition as you thought. You had resources, you had um, mentors to help you through, Um but yet, you know, you found yourself struggling between the two worlds. And then you were like, let me start a life coaching business or what was next after after your stay at home mom stint? Yeah. So it was really weird because we did the whole um, like husband away and everything. So I got mm-hmm. a job as a bartender, which mm-hmm. was really fun. And kind I was of like, wow, that sounds fun. <laughs> Um, and I liked it cause the bar was only open from five to 10 PM. It was corporate business hotel. So, um, there were all kinds classy. of like veterans and business people. And it was very like, it was a classy place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I very quickly became like the old veteran telling war stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you have a hat. I know. <laughs> Oh, I got to get a vet hat. Um, <laughs> but I loved it because I loved connecting with people. And really, um, I, I just, I spent some time hiding because I, I had mm-hmm. already certified as a life coach and I knew I wanted to be life coaching. And my peers were like, hey, why don't you help veterans? And I was like, oh no, I couldn't help them. I don't know how to help them. Look at me, I'm a mess, you know? <laughs> and that was accurate at the time because I was still going through like everything that I help people go through now. And, mm-hmm. um, I would talk to people at the bar and they were like, Oh, I bet you're a great coach. Like, Oh, thank you. You've helped me so much. And sometimes I would coach people at the bar if they're, they were the only ones or help them talk through things, help one guy decide to get rid of his storage unit in London and you know, whatever. But <laughs> it wasn't, it of course wasn't fulfilling, you know, um, I, I knew 
that I wanted to be a life coach, but it was scary. And I was afraid of, of judgment of like, oh, this, you know, this isn't, um, I had decided I was going to work with brides at first. So I'm like, oh, I'll help them with the stress and the overwhelm of planning their weddings. And I just like felt all this resistance and I couldn't put myself out there. And it, it was because I, I didn't actually want to be doing that. Like I, as much as weddings are your big day or whatever, it didn't have the lasting impact that helping a veteran create a better life does. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't enough service to people. And then, you know, stack on 2020, basically every wedding is canceled. And I'm like, this is a sign we have to move on. Mm -hmm. And once I was willing to do that, everything kind of fell into place. And I just had this feeling of like, Hey, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it really doesn't matter if you are still in uniform or if you've been out for five years, because it's not like a time heals all wounds thing. It's mm-hmm. like, once you learn the tools to, to process your negative emotions, to create a life on purpose, to do what you want to do with your life, then everything starts to open up for you. And sure, you it might not be as painful five years down the road out of the military. You know, your memories might start to be fuzzy or whatever. But like, there are a reason that, um, you know, like PTSD sticks with you and like bad memories stick with you. And I'm not a counselor, so I don't do like the heavy processing, Mm -hmm. but it's really easy to fall into the pit of despair as one chaplain has called it before, where you're just, you're so low because you don't know like what you're doing or what your purpose is. And sometimes that happens in uniform, you know, when you're on your way out, you're like, oh gosh, like what's my place in the world now? And it's not, I don't say that to, to scare people, but it's a real thought because the military gives you a uniform time, Mm -hmm. place, you know, attitude Mm -hmm. to show up in. Mm -hmm. They let you know your mission, what you're going to do, who you're in charge of and what you need to make sure happens. And you get dumped into the civilian world and it can take a while to find that. And even for the veterans that Mm -hmm. immediately transition into a different job, they're still operating in a totally different environment. And those factors are still there of, I don't really know who I am. I don't know if this is aligned to me because it's different Mm -hmm. when you have a government contract saying, this is who you are, this is what you do. But then when it becomes your choice, you're responsible for that. It's up to you to decide if you are doing, you know, the work that you're meant to be doing in your life. And that's a big question to answer. Oh man. Whew. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had to ask myself the same thing when I was getting out. I, that's when I had to go see a therapist myself and get a little bit of medication for like some general anxiety. It was a big question like, okay, I'm getting out. Why am I getting out? Do I want to get out? Well, I mean, I'm a nurse so I can work anywhere, but do I want to be a nurse? I mean, those are definitely questions had a a low point, I guess you can say of an, of non-productivity. Right. And for me, that's pretty low (laughs) when I would just go into my office and play on the phone for hours because that was easier than checking an email or really trying to think about exactly what you're talking about. Like, who am I and what person do I want to be? And 
military is all I know. But yet, I know there's more for us on the outside. We're doing other things in the civilian sector. You know, we're, me and my family, we're doing, you know, well in it, but still it's scary. And here I am. So <laughs> I guess I got cold feet and I stayed in. <laughs> well, no, that's such a good point because when I say I had a lot of help with SFL TAP, I had a lot of help with, you know, uh, looking for jobs that had a salary that I wanted, looking for a career in the area I wanted to live in, you know, looking for houses or apartments or whatever the plan was. And there were kind of these basic things that set me up, but none of them had to do with how I felt about my life or how I wanted to show up in the world. So I could, you know, I could have left lived in my dream place, bought my new house, which we built. I mean, I did all these things, got a job. I mean, I didn't plan on staying as a bartender, but, um, you know, I could have gotten a logistics job, but it, it's not that works for some people, but it doesn't work for everyone. And, right. and this, you know, my, my program is not going to be for everyone because not everyone has, um, that misalignment to their calling. Mm-hmm. You know, some Mm -hmm. people are like, I absolutely want to be a nurse and I want to be it on the outside and I only want to work with babies or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Jealous, jealous. (laughs) And they go forth and do their thing. Right. But for some people, it takes a little more navigating and Mm -hmm. the the resources that are provided don't always help with that. Not that they're bad. They just have some missing pieces. Right. They're very direct. Like you said, housing, job, resume, you know, but nothing of like, who are you? Here's some books about, you know, emotional intelligence and, you know, uh, things like that, that you really have to go in work um, as well. Have you ever heard of Arbinger? Did, were, were you able to do the Arbinger training while you were in the military at all? No, I don't think so. What's that one? Okay. Okay. Uh, it's, it's in the MRT lane, but it's, it's um, ran by a civilian company, the Arbinger Institute, and uh, it's a couple of days of training. And it's really about exploring why, why a person is in the box and getting out of your box and getting others. You might not get others to be, you know, in your box or get them in your box, I should say. <laughs> but, but you're exploring because you can only control yourself, right? So you're getting out of your box to, to see other people's perceptions and really why you are thinking the way you are thinking. So it was really an inward way of, 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 uh, of thinking. And it, it became popular after there was some issues at Fort Bragg, uh, a couple of deaths in the hospital and um, command was relieved. And uh, that's when the military looked outside and was like, what do we need to, to bring some trust, (laughs) you know, back within the organization and communication and things like that. So that's where, um, it, it became a a training and that is offered at some facilities. So it's really good. I was just wondering if you had done it, uh, because you like that type of stuff. If you're an MRT lover, you would have loved Arbinger. (laughs) I'm going to go look it up. A lot of those, um, like looking at your thinking and seeing what, what results your thinking creates and that kind of thing is a lot of the work I do. So I'm curious to know how similar they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so are, do you work 
for a company? Are you in private practice? So life coaching for veterans is my practice. And so far it's just me. I would love to grow big enough to have employees and more coaches and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps one day when someone's listening to this podcast, I will be at that level. But as of right now, it's just me and um, it's a lot of fun. How do you find your clients or how can clients find you? So right now I am on Facebook and Instagram. My handle is at Life Coaching for Veterans and my website is lifecoachingforveterans.com. So very simple, very straightforward says what I do. And I also offer uh, free yoga classes to veterans, which includes active duty or um, anybody, any service members that want to join. And that is in my Facebook group. Any that okay. group is also yeah. life coaching for veterans. How often are the yoga classes? Oh, sorry. How, so sorry. It, it kind of cut off a little bit. What, what did you say about the yoga group? Oh, it's um, called military to civilian life coaching for veterans. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's also. And on so, um, how often do you offer the class? Offer it a couple times a week. And I teach yoga mm-hmm. at my local veteran center. So if you're local to Eastern Washington, you're welcome to come see me in person as well. So question, yoga. How, you know, for someone who has it, I mean, I've done yoga, but maybe a listener hasn't done yoga and they're like, how can this help me? You know, how can yoga help someone? Yes. What have you found been the most benefits of yoga? I want to start by saying I was once super hua and a non-believer in yoga. And I took one (laughs) class and it changed. Now, if you've taken a class and you hated it, you I'm sure you have your reasons, but offer you to just have an open mind here. So the reason that yoga couples so well with life coaching for veterans, in my opinion, is Mm -hmm. that when you put the stress on the body and you focus on the breath and you also focus on the alignment, the way your body is moving, it Mm -hmm. takes the stress away from your mind to just give you a little bit of a break from whatever's weighing on you. And some people get this effect from running or from lifting weights or some med- just meditation in general. But then at the end of class, when you center back on your intention and you just think about, you know, how your body is feeling, how your mind is feeling, there's a lot more clarity. And when you have clarity, uh, one of my favorite coaches, Dave Moreno says that clarity breeds confidence and then confidence helps you do anything you want to do in your life. So mm-hmm. it's, like a chain effect. And Mm -hmm. I teach all levels. Teaching service members is my absolute favorite. They are usually the least flexible and the least willing. (laughs) And I love that challenge. Um, But it's, it's really good. You can be any level. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent the better part of 2019 teaching like 80 year olds. And so we didn't do much, but they got a lot out of it. (laughs) That would be my level of yoga. Yes. Uh, in, you know, in some ways I think it feels a lot better, but it, it really does help. And if you're not mm-hmm. doing yoga, doing, doing something to go into your body, seeing what's there, 
and then releasing the aches and pains and the emotional pain that's there just is a game changer. It's, it's hard to explain until you've had the benefits, but it, they really are there. Do you have any like resources, books, podcasts, or uh, anything that you would recommend for someone who's trying to, you know, look more inside themselves or better themselves or help them with transition at all? Yes. So I have a freebie on my website of how to live a better civilian life and five reasons why you might not be doing that already. And then I do offer free yoga in my group. The group is great. I put all kinds of tips and life coaching advice that you can apply right away. Those are totally free. There is an opportunity to work with me on my website. I offer successful veteran program and there's just, there's help at all stages. I'm building a course right now so that if you don't have time for one-on-one coaching, but you want to hear more then that is acceptable to you or, or accessible to you. But, um, yes, resources at all stages, because I, it's important work to get out into the world. And I would never want like, a you know, your, your rank or your financial status to hold you back from getting something out of this work because every veteran could benefit from at least part of it. Mm. And then, man, I have a couple of questions, but one that comes to mind, you know, looking back to your experience. So you transitioned out in 2019 as well, uh, 2019, right? So two years ago, almost. So it's pretty fresh in your mind. What now looking back retrospectively, what would you have done different or just kind of advice of someone who may be in the similar shoes as you? Well, I mean this with my whole heart and soul, but I would have loved a, a heads up on, Mm -hmm. on the, like the topics that I teach like, Hey, it's going to be hard or, Hey, it's, you're going to experience grief. These are, these are some things you can expect when you transition into civilian world. So it doesn't at this point, it, it doesn't feel like I could have done anything differently because I felt like I did things well and did things right Mm -hmm. and was kind of more blindsided on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't really nervous to leave, but I do remember we were in our house and it was, I mean, we only had 11 days to pack up and leave. And we put all of our belongings into a storage unit. And we actually didn't get them for five months uh, because we PCS during PCS season in Hawaii, but, but we had an air mattress and we set it up in the living room of our on post housing. And I had put like the last couple things in boxes. And I sat on that air mattress holding my PT shirt and just sobbed because it was the last day that I was going to wear that shirt. I mean, it's like this nasty t-shirt that, you know, (laughs) I worked out in that morning and, um, I just, I didn't want to go. I, I mean, I was like a total child having a meltdown. I (laughs) cried to my husband and I was like, I just, I don't want to go. I'm not ready. And, Mm. 
he didn't really know what to do with that. Cause he's like, mm-hmm. okay, but the plane leaves <laughs> three hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And none of our stuff is here. So we have no choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. Um, and it was really hard. I, if I think hard enough on it, mm-hmm. I could probably cry again today about it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just like well, you had me tearing up a little bit thinking about <laughs> it was just such that a big t-shirt. Deal. Yeah. yeah, it was just such a big oh. deal. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's important. This is important work that, mm-hmm. that people need and want to help them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, wow, Kelly. Well, shoot. Uh, I mean, I have questions too about your transit. Like, did you appeal or, you know, how did that go? I mean, obviously four months, you didn't get too far on a pill, even if you did try to appeal your, your med board. Um, but I don't want to take away really from <laughs> life coaching and, um, and transitioning out of the military, but yeah, hmm. that's some good stuff. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that I didn't ask that you want to put out? Hmm. Let me think on that. Mm-hmm. I think my only advice is that like whatever you want in this life, whether you're mm-hmm. still in the military or a veteran, it is available to you. Like mm-hmm. when you feel like your options are limited and you're backed into a corner because you live in this place or you make X amount of money or you have this many children or you know your, your partner is unhelpful or unsupportive or you know maybe gone, it, you just, you don't have to be stuck. And I know mm-hmm. that feels true and it feels hard at the time, but there are ways through that. So mm-hmm. I just wanna offer maybe some hope and uh, lots of love to any service members or veterans transitioning out that need that. Thank you. That was beautifully said. So once again, where can we find you if we have more questions or want to check out your your business? Yes. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Life Coaching for Veterans or lifecoachingforveterans.com. Awesome. And that'll be in the show notes for anyone who um, likes to take notes on podcasts, but you can find that information in the show notes. And uh, thank you, Kelly, for stopping by and my story. So I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And we'll be talking. So transitioning out of the military is definitely on a radar for me. After about year 13 of being in the military, you go to more retirements than re-enlistments or commissions. So the military does a great job of preparing someone for the next job with their career workshops, additional certifications, and resume building. However, the mental aspect hasn't been a core of, of training. Um, the more we talk about how mentally tough transitioning out of the military, the more we can normalize those feelings and empower each other to make those choices that we are now capable of making for ourselves and not because we're obligated to the military any longer. Or we can seek out a coach such as Kelly to help make that mental transition a lot smoother before we actually step out the doors and hang up our uniforms. 
So thank you for listening and stay tuned till the next time.